Blog Talk Radio. My guest tonight is Tom, a.k.a. Hi, I'm Brahelia. Sorry, I'm just too taken aback by that awesome theme song. Oh, no, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's so catchy. Who did that for you? Uh, it's a chap called uh, Ben, who's known as uh, T-Rex Space Station. Right. On YouTube. Um, it's funny because after he did that for me, um, everybody keeps saying to him, oh, I want one now. So he's he got a backlog of requests. Yeah, congratulations. you got a new subscriber, buddy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's awesome. Um, anyway, as I say, my guest tonight is Tom, a.k.a. Brahelia. How are you tonight, Tom? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Nervous as shit. <sighs> yeah, me too. Don't worry. <laughs> For those of you who don't know him, but should, he he is co-host of the Retro Renaissance, that word I can't spell, <laughs> uh, podcast on Sunday nights uh, with Chris Shank on the Retro and Radio Network. Um, in which I've got a couple of, couple of appearances myself. Yes. <laughs> yep. Which was fun. Um, yes. Yeah, so I have to ask. Um, obviously, where is this um, name coming from, Brahelia? Um, it's a really long story. Basically, when I was a, I've got this friend mm-hmm. who I met when I was fifteen, and he has this habit of giving everyone nicknames. And uh, my second name is uh, is Cahill. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I was when I was about fifteen, uh, let's just say the acne hit me pretty hard. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, he came up with the rather colourful nickname of instead of kale, it was Braille, <laughs> as in a blind man could read my face. Oh dear! And probably get a pretty good story out of it. And um, from there, that went to uh, Braille, uh, Nail, Emma Dale, um, Dale <laughs> Winton. Uh, some of my personal <laughs> favourites were handcuffed to the rail. Uh, permission to set sail, uh, British Rail. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, uh, I guess because of my name being K uh, K Hill, like the hill part uh, got mixed with bra, um, and someone put an Ilia on the end of that, and for some reason, Brahilia came out, and that was pretty much my gamer tag and everything else <laughs> I used for years after that, and it's just sort of stuck. Oh well, so now you know. It's <laughs> a funny story, actually. It's a stupid story. <laughs> Sorry for wasting Not two of everyone's lives. I found it entertaining, <laughs> especially some of the names, the Dale Winton and the... <laughs> uh, it was this one, um, the... 
Oh, I forgot what they did. Does the deal went? No, the British Rail one. Yeah, British Rail, handcuffed <laughs> to the rail. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel your pain with the, with the acne because um, I was pretty bad for acne, um, or twix as we call them in Scotland. Ah. Um, uh, back in, when I was about 16, 17. Yeah. I remember going to this um, YTS scheme thing after I left school and I got bullied so much and that was only by the trainers at the YTS scheme. Oh, I swear they used to call me Pizza Face, the trainers. Jesus. I know. Man, yeah. oh, fucking secondary school is rough. Oh, those, it was nothing compared to this place, I could tell you. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, it made me the man I am today. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Walking in the classroom, teachers just like, yo, what's up, fucking Pizza Face? Like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those, those were dark days indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, getting off to um, a somber note there. Yeah. I, I won't even. I won't even ask you where the Tommy Hollywood thing came from then. <laughs> um, no, that was just a. That's kind of like a stupid nickname for a band I'm in, and because I've changed my name, I think it's more than three times on Facebook. It won't let me change it back, so I'm just uh, stuck with this name. <laughs> I think it's a pretty cool name. Uh, it's nice because most people can't figure out how to do the dots above the O, so if they need to tag me, I can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I might change my uh, Facebook name to um, Johnny Cricklewood. Yes. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Um, right, and the next one I was going to ask you is how you came to know Mr. Ashanked himself. Um, I used to go to school with his little brother. Really? Yeah. Oh. We didn't uh, know each other since I think about year two. Mm-hmm. So I would have been about seven, six or seven, something stupid like that. Um, but yeah, I ended up becoming friends with him sort of years later um, when I became a bit older and that. And then again, years later, when I started uh, collecting consoles and stuff, um, he told me that he was sort of he, he'd got a few bits himself and that. And we started kind of chatting, and yeah. then it sort of blew up from there, and we both became full-blown addicts, I guess. Yeah. Started getting counselling. And we're working through it one day at a time, John. One day at a time. Yeah. Some would suggest that Chrissy's counselling isn't working. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty shitty, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I seen him, I was watching them last night on YouTube with his, uh, with his hat, you know, his Transformers hat. Yeah, did you see he was adjusting that shit for the camera? Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was like Tiger Woods when he, when he was sponsored by Nike. You know, when he ever, whenever he placed the ball on the tee, he made sure that tick was fucking front and centre. <laughs> Oh, well, at least he gave us a little plug. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Good man. Uh, get well soon, Chris, you fat, lazy bastard. What's up with him now? I don't know. He said he's poorly. Uh, there's always something up with that boy. It's almost as bad as uh, Power Monkey Spaz. See, it doesn't seem to be oh. too bad now. He, was, he always had flu earlier on this year. He always had flu. That guy was ill yeah. 24-7. <laughs> Just picture him constantly walking around with a drip. <laughs> Lucas Aid. Yeah. Right, so what got you started in gaming? What was your kind of first console? Um <clears throat> I think the the earliest memory I have uh was kind of the family, I guess, having a spectrum. Um nice. we did have a, a forty eight which I've still got upstairs, but the main one I remember playing on was the, the one two eight uh plus two. Has a the tape deck built onto it. Um yeah, I just I would just sit and play games pretty much all day, not really knowing how to play any of them, and probably loading them up 
for about 10 minutes playing them for about five seconds and then switching them off. But, you know, you've got nothing better to do <laughs> as a kid in the early 90s. So, yeah, I mean, uh, as far back as that, the, it, that's kind of tied together with having an Amiga and sort of a master system as well. We did have one, but I don't remember playing on it too much. Yeah, I, I, Master System was my first console, I think. Yeah. Uh, not my first computer was a Atari 65 XE. Ooh. The so, yeah, basically it was a poor man's Spectrum or Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have it? Oh no, I wish I had. I gave it to my auntie when I upgraded to a Commodore 64. Oh. Yeah. Nice. And um, I don't. God knows what she. I don't even speak to her anymore, so I don't know what she done with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's long gone. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I always, once I'll get a bit of money, I buy one back for the memories. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, I got uh, I bought a random bundle of Amiga games the other day um, from this lady, and for whatever reason, there was a couple of uh, tapes in there for the Commodore 16. Commodore 16? I, I, I'd never even heard of this thing. I thought I knew them all. But it kind of made it kind of makes me want one now, just because I've got these two loose tapes <laughs> for it. What are the games? What are the tapes? Um, I couldn't tell you without looking. They're all over right. the spectrums. No worries. <laughs> but I will get back to you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, what was your built-in game for your Master System? Well, for my Master System, it was Sonic. Nice. I had Alex the Kid. Yes, it was either one or the other, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. Too, yeah. It was that or Sonic 1. I often wondered whether there was uh, any more, depending on the region. I think I had it for about six months before I realised there was a game built into it. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just put the cartridge in before I switched. I, I didn't buy it new, so there wasn't a big box or anything, so I just bought it from some guy off out of the kind of yellow papers you used to get. Or did that blow John Jr.'s mind? What, Sonny? Did that blow John Jr.'s mind a little bit? It really did, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, that was me going from, was it Atari 65 HC to Commodore 64 to Sega Master System. Whoa. The fact that you could just play, put your game in and play it almost instantly. Was, yeah. Yeah. And Sega. Sega. And I don't know what, what I think one day I switched, switched it on before I put the cartridge in and I was like, hey, what? Sonic? <laughs> I've got yeah. Sonic. Yay. Good times. I like the NES where you take the cartridge out and turn it on and you just kind of get a flashing red light. And then you put the cartridge in and turn it on and you still get a fucking flashing red light. Oh dear, I don't know. I was was never a Nintendo boy myself. No, do you know what? Growing up, I never was either. It's only later in life. Yeah, well, I've got my first one recently, Nintendo Game Boy Advance. Nice. Yeah. It's a good system. It is, yeah, it's good to collect for them. I mean, I've already got 10 games when I had it a few weeks ago. Yeah. Chris sorted me out with a couple of Game Boy games when we were doing a Blackpool. Ah, nice. Um, and uh, I bought two of them as well, two for a fiver, uh, Game Boy Advance games. Ah, right. Yeah, it was Rayman Advance and Pac-Man collection. Nice. Yeah. I've been uh, collecting a lot of Game Boy stuff lately. I've got quite a few doubles if you're, if you're, if you're looking for any. Ooh, what like? I probably uh, don't remember off the top of your head, I guess. I've, I've definitely got a double of Star Wars for Game Boy. I've definitely got a double of uh, Super Mario Super Mario Land 3 with Wario in it. Is Ooh. it that one for Game Boy? And I've got like fucking four copies of Tetris. I'm thinking about uh, building a mini coffee table out of them. <laughs> Tetris is one of the ones that Chris, Chris gave me. Nice. Yeah. I'm slowly uh, adding games to my collection that people have picked on a desert island, and that Tetris is one that's come up quite a lot. 
you could burn a lot of time. Tetris and um, I really should make a database for these games that people pick. Tetris and uh, Zelda are quite popular picks. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. So um, yeah, let's talk about this island, John. This place is uh, this is this is beautiful. Yeah, people keep asking me like the the workings of this island, and to be honest, I've not really thought about it because. I'm guessing all you guys that are trapped on the island all get trapped at different times. You're not on it on it at the same time. Yeah, well, to, to be yeah. in a uh, well, to be in it, to be honest with you, my uh, my inner uh, closet trekkie wants to know the ins and outs of the island. You know, like the, uh, we're talking about the circumference of the uh, land mass. Uh, you know what we're dealing with here. It's roughly about the size of um, say say Orkney, Orkney and the north. Up in north of Scotland, what island? Okay. That kind of size, but it's not in Scotland because it wouldn't be really nice weather. No. <laughs> yeah, but it's roughly about that size. Well, no, it's no, no, it's quite big for one person. Like I say, it's, it's yeah. beautiful here. You can tell it can it, it could take you though any time it wanted. It's treacherous. Yes. But, um, Some dense foliage here as well. <laughs> Imagine it a bit like um, the island from Lost as well. <laughs> yeah. I always picture Hooligans Island from Bottom Three. <laughs> oh god <laughs> a giant nuclear bomb set right in the middle of it yeah it's not quite like that <laughs> <laughs> good um, what else it's just it's just basically a typical island scene as you would imagine a desert island there's plenty of um, plenty of materials for you to make your own life there and build cabins and you know feed yourself and things like that yeah, it's kind of like a Daisy thing. Yeah. Although when we get to your um, luxury item later on, um, I'm yet to dis- I'm yet to um, this is a bit of a clue. I'm yet to know how I'm going to get this onto the island, but we'll manage it. We're going to need some kind of a shipping crate. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not going to be cheap. Yeah. It's going to be cheap to get a Steinway. <laughs> how do you think you How do you think you would survive on an island if you had to use your survival instincts? Um, well, to be honest, the first thing I'd need is a Wilson. A Wilson? You'd need a Wilson, you know, you'd need, uh, you know, to keep you sane. You'd need something with a face drawn on it that you can talk to and, you know, scream at when, when it all gets too much. It's like Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, with his football. <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks' yeah. football. Yeah. I actually watched that film for the first time about six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was quite resourceful, really, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I think it's quite, it's quite funny at the end how, like, even when he gets back to land, he he still has to like sleep on the floor. Yeah, because that's that's how he's that's how he's adjusted now. Yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get into your games anyway? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, now I should mention that you are a big RPG fan, aren't you? Um, to a degree, yeah. Yeah, because um, I was on your podcast with Chris and we did an RPG special um, which was bizarre seeing as I'd done nothing about RPGs <laughs> yeah you yeah. jumped in and saved us at the last minute as the uh, the prop yeah I was just basically there as uh, somebody to be educated <laughs> yeah you were the token yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's a couple of RPG games in here isn't there uh, yeah, I, I, yeah I think there are actually thinking back on it what did I pick <laughs> well, your first game is um, Broken Sword 1. Yes. Tell me what it is. Is it about this game that would make you want to bring it to an island? 
It is, yes. Um, it is. It's not a particularly long game. Um, it can be completed in an afternoon. So there's only so much uh, playability to it. But I'm a little bit crazy and broken inside, and I could probably sit and play it over and over again, and have done, actually, on several occasions. <laughs> I feel I feel like this is a game that I should have played, seen as one of my favourite genres is point-and-click adventures. And this is a point-and-click adventure, isn't it? It is, yeah. It was made uh, by Revolution. Uh, I think it's uh, the brainchild of... What's his name? Uh, what's his name? That's Charles Cecil. Uh, mm-hmm. Same guy is responsible for Beneath the Steel Sky, Lure of the Temptress. Uh, quite a few uh, sort of classic, I guess, point-and-click games. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, this has been out for numerous platforms. Uh, what was... So what was the platform you'd have played it on originally? Um, the first time I ever played it, I must have been, and I warn you, John, this might get a little bit gushy. <laughs> Go um, I must have been about, I can't have been any older than 11 or 12. Um, my brother had just got a PlayStation. Um, and then there was a demo disc lying around. So I was bored after school one day, popped it in, and I saw a demo for a game called Broken Sword. And bearing in mind, I'd never ever played anything um, anything that had uh, voices in it, like voice acting mm-hmm. or a script or a story really, like it just kind of never really crossed my mind that video games could do that as weird as that sounds Yeah, no, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. and um, yeah, so I kind of popped it in and uh, it, yeah, what kind of, it literally just it blew my tiny mind yes yeah. it, it spawned some um sequels as well obviously hasn't it it did yeah um there was a, a a direct sequel which kind of came out pretty soon afterwards which is in the exact same vein it's a brilliant game broken sword 2 and after that um from kind of third one onwards well i say the third one onwards three and four um they're kind of 3d yeah. they're still sort of adventure games in the kind of the, the same sort of vein as point and click um but they're not they're they're 3D, and to be honest with you, they kind of they definitely lost something with that transition. And the developers themselves said that if it were up to them, they wouldn't have um, made that shift to that style. But again, it was a pressure from investors and stuff like that, kind of yeah. forcing them to, to go that way. Like sort of Xbox, sort of saying, if you want this to be on our platform, you have to, uh, you know, give it the times. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Yeah, it does. But with the new one, they've gone back to kind of classic point-and-click, uh, Broken Sword 5. I haven't had a chance to play it yet because I've heard it's episodic, which seems to be a new thing with, quote, adventure games, and I'm not too sure about that. What do you think? Um, not not really came across it, to be honest. Really? Uh. Um, well, I mean, I don't really play it, but the, the games I can think of, like kind of Walking Dead and stuff like that. Uh, oh, yeah, I see, yeah, those games. Uh, yeah. Cave, Cave Story maybe is episodic as well. Um, so not, is that Ron Gilbert? Yeah, I, sorry, I, I, I do, now that I think about it, I, I do have um, Walking Dead and um, the, the new Monkey Island games are a bit like that as well, the tale, tale, um, Tales of Monkey Island. Oh, are they really? And... I do, I mean, the Walking Dead in particular is just like you're right. It's just like you're, you're, it's an interactive story, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not a true 
point and click. So I'll be interested to see what this new version of Grim Fandango is going to be like. Yeah, I'm worried about this. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, John. I'm, I'm, I'm worried, and but yet excited at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely excited. I mean, yeah. uh, is it? Can you explain to me a bit more what it is? Because I've only kind of seen in passing that it was coming back out. Grim Fandango um, came out kind of late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and it's basically a very Monkey Island style game. Mm, yes, you know, it, had, yeah. it had all the speech and all the rest of it, and like human storylines. It's just, it's just a really, it's basically a, a classic kind of point-and-click adventure. Really, uh, it's, it's Lucas Arts that do it, so you you're going to expect a good, a good um, point-and-click adventure because they were the masters. Mm. Point-and-click adventures. Um, it used an engine called um, Grim E. Yes. Um, it's, I think for the time it was kind of pretty nice graphics. Um. But I'll be interested to to know, and if they do this right, it could it could be a rebirth of the point and click adventure. That's what I'm hoping. It'd be nice. Yeah. It, it really would be nice. I mean, there's been kind of numerous attempts to kind of try and boot that style back off. I mean, is this um is this like a remake or is it kind of just like a HD? Re- so- it says, here, it says here, uh, unfortunately I've just read this for the first time, it says here a remastered version of Grim Fandango was announced during Sony's press conference at E3. So it's obviously it's obviously not a remake, but maybe a remaster, a remaster would be good, but it's not going to reinvent... I, I, I thought they were going to do something from scratch and kind of reinvent the point-and-click adventure, but if it's a remake, that's not going to, that's not going to happen, is it? Yeah, the thing I worry about with remasters, I mean, do you remember the whole uh, Silent Hill HD collection debacle with the voice actors? I've heard of it, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, when, when they kind of do these re-releases, I mean, have they still got the rights to the original soundtracks? Have they still got the, like, the rights to the original voices? Are they going to find the old actors and pay them again to re-record the lines? It's a strange one. Like, are they going to be rewrites of the script? We well, this is it. We don't, the, the, the details at the moment are very sketchy. It was just announced at the E3 and nothing, nothing more has come out about it, really. Yeah, I mean, I trust it's in good hands, right? Yeah, I hope so. I hope they, I hope they do a better job of um, remastering it than what they did with um, Flashback. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's come out... I mean, it's not that, but the graphics are nice, I'll give you that. The graphics on the new Flashback are quite nice, but... Oh, yeah. It just doesn't sit right with me. What did you think of the um, the, the Monkey Island pre-releases? Or the special editions? Yeah, you know, the oh, HD jiggers. I love them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, quite often I'll just press the select button and go to the old graphics, but I do... Yeah. I do think, yeah, I mean, the voice acting is brilliant. The graphics are nice. What I don't like, and, I, and actually I've been playing it um, over the weekend again because I'm doing a playthrough. Uh, what I don't like is the movement. You, know, you can, whereas whereas you would just like click on a certain area of the screen and Guybrush would walk to it. You can now uh-huh. kind of control them. Oh, so like you, like freehand. Yeah, so it's like, but I, the way it, I just don't think it's done very well. The way to do it, it's the, it's kind of a bit, it's a bit fiddly. That's always kind of jarring. You know, speaking yeah. of Broken Sword, I've got numerous versions of this game, and I found one, a version of this for the for the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. 
But the the yeah. sound the soundtrack is there. The talkie's not obviously, but um, you control the main character George with the D pad. You can just kind of free walk him around, and it's really strange, especially the way they kind of. Uh, I mean, what they do with the sprite. I guess they have to scale it as he's walking off in certain shots where he's kind of got to go into the distance or whatever. It's just really really strange because you're kind of controlling it with a D pad, and one minute he's kind of big George, and like the next minute he's just like minuscule. Like. Yeah. Yeah, to, to me, I can see what they're trying to do, but the whole point in a point-click adventure for me is that you point and click. Yeah. I mean, the minute they start to give you control over it, it becomes a sandbox game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, sort of, so, yeah. I think um, point-and-click games, I don't know if I'm going to get like hate for saying this, but I, I find point-and-click games do work well on um, kind of tablets. Yeah, right, kind of iPad and stuff like that. I've got the Monkey Islands, Broken Sword, um, a few others on there that they do work. I kind of like them. Yeah, I noticed Broken Sword is out for iOS, and uh, I think when I get paid on Wednesday, I might, uh, I might buy it because, as I say, I've, I've, I don't know why I've never played that. Being a point-and-click adventure fan. Yeah, it's a great mm. game. Uh, to be honest with you, like if uh, it's one big giant wet dream of mine, but I mean, <laughs> if they could bring out uh, sort of um, the trying to think of other games they could kind of bring out for iPad that would just work absolutely fantastic. Like, things that are hard to get hold of, say, like, um, the game Snatcher or Police Noughts. Yeah. Well, those have uh, English translations. I think one of them's been fan-translated, but it was done by, like, a really competent team. It's, like, it's a really polished fan-translation. That would work so well yep. on an iPad. What, one... It, sorry. No, I was just about to say, it would sell bucket loads. I mean, they, they yeah. it, it is a shut-up-and-take-my-money situation. Yeah. One that I think they've got to do, please, if anybody's listening, please release this for iOS because it's only ever came out in one system years and years ago and it's never been remade. It's uh, Day of the Tentacle. Oh, snap. Yeah. They've got, why has that never been remade? Wait, wait right. a minute. D- didn't they do that? No, I don't think so, no. I'm pretty sure it's on... I've got to check the store now, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, if you're going to tell me it's on virtual console or something, then I'll... I'm going to have to buy myself a Nintendo. Alright. Because um, I, would, I would actually buy it just for that game. Oh, uh, see, that's. I could have sworn this was on. Nintendo. No. Uh, I'm sure I've looked into this before and it's only ever. It just says, like, PC CD ROM. Yes. DOS, Mac, OS. It's only ever come out for PC or DOS. Eh, sorry, DOS or Mac. Oh, man. Yeah. And that's such a. A lost classic. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure back in the day I had a CD-ROM version of that, and it was it was one of the first adventure games I can remember playing. It actually had proper voice acting in it. Oh, it was the talkie. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Do you still have that? Um, it, it was a copy. <clears throat> uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. That's a shame. See, I mean, I've just recently uh, picked up um, an old iMac, a G3, big fucking blue-looking thing. It's gorgeous, man. Um, I literally got it just to play kind of old Mac games on it. And I picked up um, uh, Sam and Max Hit the Road, the talkie version. Oh, I love it. Such a good game. Oh, man. It's the first time I've ever played it, or at least played it with the voices. And it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. Oh, I loved Sam and Max when it came out first. Oh, the voice acting is incredible. Yeah. It's brilliant. I, I've, have you ever played the these Sam and Max games that have come out for like Xbox? Uh, 
No. There's, there's, um, I've, I've, I've seen them uh, on you know, Xbox Live Store, or whatever it's called. I don't know. I can't remember what the store's called. But Xbox Live, I've seen it. And I've always been tempted to, to download it, but it's quite expensive. It's like... I know they don't do points anymore, but it, was, it used to be like something like um, twenty four hundred Microsoft points or something to buy it. Ouch. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know if it was worth it, but yeah, if it comes down in price, I don't know if it ever came out for um, iOS actually. Yeah. Oh man, if only, if only. I mean, I, what I love about that game is like it's little mini games and things as well, like uh, <laughs> Wacker Rat and all that sort of thing. Right? And a battleships game. (laughs) (laughs) You could get yourself distracted from playing the main story. Oh, totally. It's it's the really kind of sharp, dark humour in it as well. Like um, the start of the road where they uh, they get back to the office and they've still got like the head, which is a bomb or whatever. And it's just like, where should we throw this where it won't hurt anyone we like know or care about? And they (laughs) is it? Yeah, is it Sam or Max? (laughs) Sam is just like. Throw it into the street. There's any strangers out there or something? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember if Sam's. A, I think Sam's a dog and Max is a rabbit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's my little buddy, Max. <laughs> yeah, again, that was uh, Lucas Arts as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, so... I, I just realised that was out for Amiga. No. So, yeah, platforms: DOS, Mac OS, Windows, and Amiga. I might have to try and find this. I've been on a real kick of finding big box Amiga games mm-hmm. lately. Having said that, it's, so it says platforms, it's got all them, and then it says release dates, and then it gives you release dates for DOS, Mac, and Windows, but it doesn't give you a release date for Amiga, so I'm thinking... Cancelled. Maybe it was a cancelled game. Oh, that does suck. But, um, yeah, anyway, back to Broken Source. <laughs> Sorry, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, the first time I played it, I was just completely gushing in my pants. It was like the gorgeous hand-drawn art. The voice acting is good. The jokes are actually funny. Um, the story's kind of cheesy. The thing I didn't really get as a kid, especially as I only had the demo, but I did eventually get the full game. I didn't find out, or you don't find out at least, until you get, like, a good halfway through it, this is in the original version because the director's cut makes it quite obvious from the start what you're doing. But the original version, you don't find out until about halfway through that it's actually like super conspiracy-heavy kind of game about the Knights Templar, mm-hmm. like the Illuminati and stuff. It gets really heavy. And I was just like, damn. I thought this was just kind of like a cute adventure game in Paris. But um, yeah, no, it's a really great story. Um, gets super um it's just one of those where you have to kind of it's like a book you can't put down you have to kind of see what happens next cool yeah actually um as you're speaking there i'm looking at my um app store and i'm looking at broken sword and there's like a few different versions it's got broken sword the smoking mirror remastered or something 299 but there's got one broken sword the, the director's cut and it's got a little cloud next to it indicating that what that i've already got it so I'm, I don't know, that's a bit weird, but I'm going to click on that. I'm going to download it. Yeah, yeah, you should go for that. Yeah, the first one is called uh, Shadow of the Templar, I think, and the second one is The Smoking Mirror. Right. But yeah, they're great games. Um, they're all about, uh, they've got like a, oh, I'm going to sound really pretentious when I say this, but for me, a lot of the thing about uh, games is uh, kind of like the mood, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of around them. Um yeah. There's certain other point-and-click games I like super... The, the Blade Runner uh, point-and-click adventure game on P- PC. Super moody. 
like really really moody kind of futuristic cyberpunky well obviously it's Blade Runner but um, there's quite a lot of games that kind of do that a lot of Amiga games that do that they just kind of have this weird sort of atmosphere to them that I really dig and I can't really articulate what it is because I'm stupid yeah (laughs) (laughs) one sprung to mind as you you said that there um, I don't know if you've ever played Darkseed Oh, Darkseed, my yeah. God, uh, yeah. with Geiger's art in it. For, from, uh, for the Amiga? I have been eyeballing that on eBay. Someone's got it big box for about 20 quid. Oh. Uh, I think that was another <coughs> copy that I had. Um, um, <laughs> I went down years ago to um, a place in Glasgow called The Barris. It's like a market. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, I'm talking in the 90s, mid-90s. And um, I bought this um, CD-ROM, and it was just basically must have been about thirty or forty adventure games on this CD-ROM. Oh, nice! So, <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. Um, I think Dark Seed was on there. Future Wars. Oh my um, God! The Adventures of Wally Beamish. <laughs> oh, Wally Beamish, the Sega CD classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, well, I think Sam and Max was probably on it. No, I think actually, I think I might have won Sam and Max. What yeah. a blind. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was a brilliant disc, and that was only about. Maybe, I don't know. I can't, I'm guessing how much I paid for it. I'm guessing maybe a tenner. Okay. Yeah, but I'm, I don't even know. <laughs> anyway, brilliant choice, Broken Sword. Um, point click adventure right up my street. Yeah, worth checking yeah. out. Yeah, now next, I'm going to, have to clear something up on the next one because you've asked me to replace. One of your original choices. Yes. Um, without trying to give it away, but um, you, the way you put it on your list of choices is you put Final Fantasy VII or uh, and eight. But you, yeah. you, you've asked to replace Final Fantasy eight. Do, do you want to replace seven as well? Because if you keep seven, you're going to have nine games, and it's only eight. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. We can drop both. I don't want to yammer about those anymore. Yeah. I'll just count them uh, with the. Two added one, one, two, <laughs> three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, we'll definitely get nine if I keep Final Fantasy in. That's cool. We can lightning round some of these if you want. We can what? We can lightning round through some of these. Oh, that's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> we did spend a lot of time on Broken Sword, to be fair. We did. Yeah, that's um, half an hour in, at least. Um, right, so the next game is one of the ones that you've put into the place. And it's uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Yes. Attorney, if I'm saying that right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. Um, the, I didn't actually... I think it was initially released for the, the Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also out on DS, or there's, it, it's got sequels on DS. And I believe, if you can find it, there's a really obscure port for a PC, but it's in Japanese, and it's in original GBA resolution and looks absolutely terrible. But the first time I played it was on actually on a iPad. Cool. Um, you can download it off the uh, iOS uh, store, whatever the whatever the fuck Apple. Um, and yeah, it's a really really good game. It's kind of like a it's like a visual novel mixed with like a kind of courtroom sim. Nice. Uh, where you're basically just kind of it's all about. Uh, just sort of interrogating people like you're always kind of the defense attorney and you have to you get put in these horrible fucking situations where the guy you're defending is clearly guilty of sin and well he's not but it's made to look like he is and you really have to kind of make the other guy crack 
and there's always kind of a crooked prosecutor who'll pull all these dirty tricks to kind of uh, throw you off and uh, there's all like little twists and turns in the story it's a really good game I've never really played anything like it um, and I just yeah I can literally just play it over and over and over again that sounds awesome I've never come across this before but that sounds really that sounds right up my street like um, like being put in that kind of situation like almost like not quite but almost like early Noir when you're having to interrogate people it kind of is, yeah, yeah, but it's in that super kind of manga style. But um, at, at first I found it a bit jarring because I sort of I stopped liking anime stuff a good five years ago or something. But like once I kind of got into it, I really kind of grew to love those graphics and the characters and stuff as well. I mean, the first case is very kind of, you know, it, it's kind of that tutorial case. But once you sort of set out on your own, like you really do need to use your noodle to uh, crack these cases. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've never really really been into kind of manga, and anime, but I, I could definitely be interested in this. It's a fun game. Yeah. So Nintendo DS, and it was developed by Capcom as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think the first game or the one that I'm the most familiar with came out on the Game Boy Advance. But yeah, like I said, I think it's up. I don't know if it's out on Android, but it's definitely up on the uh, the Apple Store. Yeah, it's not on Android. Android is a poor man's iOS anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I've kind of, I'm, I'm slumming it with an Android phone as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I actually, I do quite like Android. It has its advantages, definitely. And I was only saying that because I've got an ad, an iPad, yeah, an iPhone. Um, right. Um, next one. Uh, one of one that I've played. Yay. Um, and this was a last minute replacement as well. Theme park. Yeah. Uh, Basically, it's simulation of um, creating your own fairground. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, I used to play it when I was a kid, uh, which I, obviously I, I can't have gotten very far in it, to be honest. <laughs> but, uh, uh. Yeah, it's just so much fun, um, just building your own theme park. What more can you say? Um, I think I like it now more in retrospect, just because I kind of like that sort of micromanagement style game, I guess. I used to like, like, um, like putting... Um, putting loads of salt on all the chips and then putting um, putting a little Coca-Cola stand next to it so people are going to buy the Coca-Cola. Oh, that is shrewd. Uh, <laughs> shrewd business. Yeah. <laughs> Raising the price of the Coke as well. Yeah. <laughs> just a friendly little Willy Wonka dude in the corner that's just like, he's so yeah. bloodthirsty for money. It's just like, you know what? You can raise the price of your tickets by about $75. It's like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I can't remember. I think I must have bought a Amiga magazine back in the day, and it was giving you a little tips. I think, I think that's why how I found out about the salt, how you put the salt in chips and all that. <laughs> I was playing this before this podcast. I might have to try that one later on. Just for <laughs> but um, yeah, to be honest with you, it's just um, that kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of. I mean, even as a kid, I must have been a broken child because I, I liked kind of simulation games, even sort of age sort of 9, 10, 11. Yeah. Um, I wasn't... Okay, I'm going to say something now, John. I'm not super big into the footballs, right. as you probably have guessed. Mm-hmm. Um, my, both my brothers and my dad super into football. Um, I love the game, um, but for whatever reason, I missed the bus as a kid. I never picked a side... I guess because I was always having both my arms tugged by either brother to either be Spurs or Chelsea. I know, just throw up into a bucket by the by the yeah. side there if you could. Um, 
And it, it did my up so much that it actually drove me off of the idea. And as much as I've always loved the game, I never picked a side. And I had this conversation with someone at work the other day. You can stop me if I'm talking shit. Not at all. Um, he was like, well, what? He, 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 was, he said to me, I need someone to talk to about football. Why can't you get into football? He's like, you're a nice bloke, but you don't like football, and I can't talk to you about football. And as, I was a, like, as if that's a flaw, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like I've got no dick. But um, <laughs> I, I was like, I, I missed the bus. What can I say? And he was like, well, pick a team or something. And I was like, well, that's just ridiculous. How can I just pick a team? How does anyone just pick a team in their 20s? Like, you don't just pick a team. You grow up with it, and you love it. Like, and I just... What can I say? I missed the bus. You can, you can pick England. Ugh, I don't want to pick England. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck wants to pick it? Oh, no, I don't want to... That's your country. Yeah, exactly. He is. Um, but, um, yeah, like I say, I missed the bus. This, this story does have a point, though. As much as I never got into the game, I absolutely loved football management sims on the Amiga. So Premier Manager, um, Player Manager, I love Champ Manager on, on PC as well. Um, even, wasn't that Premier Manager 64 as well? It's got Kevin Keegan on the front cover. There could have been, I didn't have a Nintendo 64, so I couldn't tell you. It definitely came out for the Mega Drive. Yeah, the cover yeah. quite a fucking ton, but yeah. um, I absolutely loved football management games, and that kind of ties in. I had to pick one of them, and I picked Theme Park as my favourite, but yeah, just management... Management simulation games in general on the Amiga were. You're a very, you're a very strange man. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. <laughs> um, I, I just find that bizarre when I hear people like talk about, um, like um, support like growing up in families and having brothers, having brothers that support different teams. For, for me, it was always you just supported how your dad supported. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But having two having two brothers. Ended up supporting the same team. Did your dad support a different team from them as well? Um, no, but that was the thing. See, one brother was Spurs, the other brother was Chelsea. Now I would have supported. My dad was Spurs as well, so I would have supported Spurs. But because of the brother supporting Spurs and being a dick about it, yeah. <laughs> you could have went for like um, Mowo or Fulham. Yeah, I know. I could have just picked any one of those. It was weird because it's, I, I like watching football as a kid. Like we used to have all these tapes. So yeah. I used to sit and watch. I used to love playing Sabutio. I used to love actually playing football with my friends. I used to love football games. Loved FIFA, but just I never, I just never picked a team. How fucking weird is that? And then, and yet you hear people um, who are into football but they don't like playing football games. Yeah, that is kind of strange. Yeah. Do you know you mentioned Sabutio there? Do you know there was actually a Sabutio video game? No. Yeah, I swear. It's, oh, I can't remember what's that. I'm going to look that up now. Are you I, serious? Yeah, I can't remember. What, it might have been PlayStation. Hold on, just double check. I want to see this. It should be ill. But um, I don't know why I'm searching my notes on my iPad for it. I need to search the Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, pay attention, John. Yes. Say it. <laughs> it's that sea air guest here. Yeah, on this island. Yeah, no. Yes. Do you want? Uh, do you want some coconut, by the way? Uh, I'm bound to want that, aren't I? <laughs> oh, yes. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> so, beautiful. Right. i tell you what, we'll try to find that out uh, when we'll move on to your next game, um, which is... Uh, oh, I was going to say it's a more modern game, but maybe it isn't. Um, Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. 
Um, I could have picked any one of the Fallouts, really, because I love the whole series, but New Vegas, for whatever reason, just resonates the most with me. Um, it's the setting. Uh, it's, well, it's everything about it. Like I say, it's that mood, again, to be a pretentious ass. <laughs> uh, I love games where I can just... Uh, that's one of the, the few role-playing games where I actually role-play it. The way I always approach that game, like, how would I be if I was in this world? What kind of dude would I be? And how would I handle these situations with these different people? And nine times out of ten, as much as I'm a nice guy, I'm, I'm an asshole masquerading as a nice guy. Um, <laughs> I'm not much of a fighter, so I use my tongue and just go around kind of tricking people into giving me all their money and <laughs> signing over their casinos to me and whatnot. And yeah, it was. I, I just love that game. It's, um, it's just you can spend hours just wandering around. There's so much stuff to find, and it's a big glitchy, buggy mess. But I think that's kind of part of its charm. Yeah. And and what system was that for? Um, I first played it on 360, but if I had to pick one, it's PC all the way. Yeah. Not really a big PC gamer myself, apart from the early days, of course, and DOS. But um, oh yeah. In modern day, I don't very rarely play a PC game. Do you still uh, play DOS games, like emulated or otherwise? I try, yeah. I've got DOS books. So um, I went through a little spell on my YouTube channel for about like a week. <laughs> when I did some uh, DOS games, like um, I dug out all old DOS games and wiped the dust off them, like um, Cannon Fodder 1 and 2. Nice. Uh, Police Quest. Like, Police Quest. Yeah, Laser Suit Larry and all that. And, um, oh, brilliant. Grim Fandango. I'm going to have to watch these. Yeah. I didn't know you did these. I've not done a video of Grim Fandango, but I am because I couldn't get that one to work oh, um, yeah. for some reason. But uh, yeah, I've got like Lizard Lizard Larry and um, Cannon Fodder. What else did I do? I'm sure, yeah, I, done, I did do a Plus Quest episode as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, what I did was um, I started off with the Plus Quest one because I've got I've got the collection. Oh so yeah. So I started off with Plus Quest one, and then at the end of it, I showed you a kind of clip of the Plus Quest one VGA version. Oh! <laughs> Just to show you the updated graphics. Nice. Right. You have to check this out. Apparently, uh, I found something here. And this is not when I originally seen it because I never had one. But on Nintendo DS, there's a game here called Five Hundred and Five Games, and there's a version of Subito on it. Oh snap! Yeah. See, I can think. I imagine it worked kind of well on a DS. Yeah. Play in fully customizable tournaments and traditional leagues. Play on a DS using official Subutio rules. Uh. <laughs> Tutorial mode to learn all the basics of Subutio football. Uh, the entire soccer game will be shown on the upper Nintendo screen. <laughs> <laughs> Faithfully recreated from the original Subutio table game, but with a more colourful cartoon style. Oh man. And it's got a powerful editor which allows the player to create new teams, change player names and shirt colours. Providing a totally individual team selection. I kind of want to play this. I know it's going to be <laughs> shit, but I still want to play it. I can't remember where I first seen it. It certainly wasn't DS, but I think it was possibly on the PC or the Amiga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. Well, yeah, maybe. Actually, it kind of would have worked. I imagine it on Amiga, like a kind of top-down. Most of the football games on Amiga are also that top-down. On a style. I was going to ask you something about Grim Fantango, actually. The main character, is it Manny Vargas? I can't even remember. Do you know, I can't even remember it's that one since I played it. It's, I mean, you're talking, I've not played this game since the late 90s when it first came out. <laughs> okay. But so I, did, I just remember I liked it. Yeah. 
So this next question is probably going to be useless then, but I was going to ask you, you never explicitly find out what he did to get to where he is. Maybe that will be explained in a new game. Yeah, mate. Well, oh, God, no, I hope they don't. See, that was kind of what I, I loved about it. Is like it, they show enough restraint to never actually go into why he's there because whenever it's sort of brought up, he's just kind of like, yeah, no, 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 I wonder if my, I wonder, I wonder if my version of Grim Fandango could sell well. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not that many. There might not be that many in, in circulation. Yeah. yeah, you know these things are getting bought up more and more by the day. I don't think I've got a big box version. Though. I think I've just got, it's got a normal CD-ROM style box. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh man, what a game! Yeah. How long have we got here, by the way? Uh, well. It's up to the 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 show can go to us, but if you have treasure time, then we can. Um, oh no no no! No, I've got nothing better to do. Yeah, <laughs> I know that uh, yourself and Chris only put the retro donations one on for an hour, but mine is always two hours maximum, and then that allows whoever the guest is to to go through it as quickly as they want or as long as they want. Yeah, yeah, and he has a friend out because he's a fucking lazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe I watched that episode. What's that? <laughs> the wrestling episode oh, that we did. Oh, yeah, man, that was, yeah. What, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things. What a bummer. Oh, well. Yeah. Such is life. Such is life. We'll have to redo it. So, um, and just finishing off in Subito, I know we're going off on a tangent here. <laughs> um, me and my mates when we were younger, we were right, right into Subito. We, we had, um, we used to be in a Subito league. Oh, did you have the lights and everything? Oh yeah, we had the, we all had um, we all had our own Subito, um table set up in our house. So we all had yes. to we all, we all took turns at hosting it, you know the games. Yes. And uh, we actually went to we actually went and took part in Subito tournaments, like in shops and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, it's kind of like the D and D of uh, tabletop soccer. Yeah. Tabletop football soccer. Jesus Christ! What the fuck did I just say? Yeah, I have played Subito in no soccer. Um, yeah. <laughs> just got out there. Uh, I have played Subito in John Menzies, which is what oh. W. It's now W. Smith. Yeah. Uh, that's what it's called before W. Smith. Um, so these days, have a, a tournament in there and I played in that. I also get humped by <laughs> expert players at Subito. But oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. some of those uh, some of those matches used to get heated. Oh no, I remember my first game in our little league that we had. Um, my mate beat me twenty-three-two. Oh, yeah. thrashy! Can you even fit that on that little scoreboard? Uh, you could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like it was just little card numbers you had to slide on. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Can I just ask? Did yeah. was your Sabutio mat glued to a giant sheet of plywood? Uh, mine, my particular one was actually um, on a pool. T- we had a pool table up the upper loft. Oh, <laughs> so nice. we, we, I set my mine up on the pool table. So you actually had like kind of like edges, like stands, I guess. Yeah, and it was all good until one day I was playing it and I fell down the hatch and the loft. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah that, that happened a couple of times. It explains a lot, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, we should break out the boot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we used to subscribe to the Subito magazine, and we had our own league table was printed in the magazine and all that stuff. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, I wish I had kept some of that stuff. Did they ever send you a t-shirt or anything? <laughs> no, no, I don't think we had a, we got t-shirts, but... They didn't have that kind of money. Uh, we, no, we, I'm sure they had memorabilia about that, but we, we didn't buy it. We just... Oh, 
I think we paid something like £5 a month between us to get our uh, league standings uh, put in the fitness magazine every month. You know? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the things you, know, you do. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I found a big bag. Uh, my, I was helping my dad clear out his loft the other day. I found a big bag of uh, Sabutio stuff. Um, she could really go through it and uh, just well, probably maybe send it on to somebody else who would actually play Sabutio. Uh, girl, actually, that's something I could get back into big time. Oh, I I'd love to do it. Collect all the teams. Collecting Sabutio again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think we've still got some in, in boxes, like teams in boxes and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. But they're all Spurs as well. <laughs> and you, you used to be able to buy different type of, types of goals, you know, like the European style goals. Or the yeah, goals you did. That, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh that's brilliant. Little, little different balls, like the Adidas Tango balls and all that. <laughs> because they never tried to bring that back. They should. They should, yes. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be on board. Or make a really good video game of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe um, using the Oculus Rift somehow. <laughs> oh yes. See, this, this is brainstorming. Yeah, it is. You know, you use that ring, that power ring, or whatever the hell it is that you have to stand in. Put the rift on your face, and uh, all of a sudden you're on the Sabuti I field. That's a brilliant idea. We'll, <laughs> we've got to put this forward. That's it. Somebody's got me listening. This is uh, fucking genius. <laughs> I remember um, a few times I stood in my players and broke, broke the players. <laughs> uh, uncle used to. He's he didn't he used to know how to fix them with using the yeah using the like a fireplace like you know a barrel of fire to to weld it on or some crap oh, like that. Yeah. The legs back onto the stand. Yeah. They always snap off at the kneecaps, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we're we're off topic. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Generally, what happens when I do these things? <laughs> if that happens on here all the time, we're, we're we're actually um we're actually halfway through, so we're not too bad. Yeah. And the next game is a uh, classic, and even I've played this, um, t- Tomb Raider. Yeah, Tomb Raider 1. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, I remember, um, I think it was year 6, uh, it was the big year 6 school trip to, I think it was the Isle of Wight or some bullshit, and um, it's not so much that I wanted to go, but if you didn't go, you were kind of the loser kid that couldn't go. Um, and obviously I couldn't go for whatever reason, I can't remember what it was, and I was pretty gutted about it. And I think I had, when I was a kid, you saying about me being a weird kid, I used to save money. Um, and I think I had probably about, for whatever reason, uh, about 70 or 80 pounds saved up or something like that. And I think one day I was coming home with my parents and uh, like a typical sport kid, they were just like give, like, give us your 80 pounds and we'll split the difference and we'll buy you like a games console that you want, like, which one do you want? They took me to, like, Dixon's or Curry's. I was shitting my pants the entire way there. I can't remember how much they would have had to put in because, I mean, they were, they were probably still quite expensive at the time. Yeah. Um, they were like, pick one. So you didn't get to go on your school trip. Like, it probably would have cost us about that anyway to send you on these on this fucking thing. So which one do you want? And I had to, I was kind of push my face up against the glass, just kind of clawing at it like an animal, like animal instinct. And uh, I was looking at the N64, uh, I think it did have Goldeneye running on it. Um, I was I so very nearly picked it up, and at the last minute, I just grabbed the PlayStation, uh, a copy of Tomb Raider 1, and I think Adidas Power Soccer 97, which <laughs> got played all of about once because it was shite. Yes. Um, but uh, Tomb Raider 1, I pretty much wore that fucking disc out. And that was just um, to get a sight of uh, Lara Croft. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Totally. yeah, it was something about that uh, triangular wedge. 
chest. I like to call it the family circus uniboob. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's primitive as shit now when you go back and look at it, but I think it still carries a certain kind of charm. And at the time, you know, it was a fully rendered 3D world that you could explore, and I've never seen anything like that before in my life. It was cutting edge at the time. Yeah, totally. And a very popular game once the ladies like, got ladies in the game in as well. It did, yeah. yeah. It, it didn't quite have those dead or alive jiggle physics. No. Very bad in there yet. I got the latest Tomb Raider game recently on PS3. It was it was free on you know, on the PS. Um, what do you call it? PS PS Plus, whatever it is. Okay. And uh, I played it, and my God, the graphics have come on, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, the graphics have certainly come on. I'm not yeah. sure about the way they handled Laura, but that's a different podcast. But, I mean, there's a bit near the start where she makes, tries to make, make this jump on a platform, and she misses, and it just sees your, shows you're falling down, and you can see right down her top. It's really nice. <laughs> Dude, two minutes 37 in, you can totally see down her top. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know what the uh, I've heard. I haven't played the game myself, but uh, I've kind of read the story. Um, I kind of read what they did with it because they were kind of talking about how, like, um, they made a point of how, like, yeah, like the way they handled, uh, like, kind of throughout the late nineties, early two thousands was sort of disgusting or whatever. But no, like, we're gonna like kind of tell this origin story of Lara Croft, like when it was first announced. And I was like, oh, that kind of sounds maybe kind of cool if they do it right could be kind of arty and pretentious, there's me again, but it, they could do it right. And then next thing I know, they're kind of, it's like, oh, like, we're making it so she's she's not like this big kind of empowered explorer with these two big blazing guns. It's like, no, she's really vulnerable and you want to you wanna protect her from the, all this danger that's around her and she's so scared. <laughs> I'm just like, give me a fucking break. This is disgusting. And they want you to feel so much weight to her first kill. I, this bit I did see, actually. I was watching a buddy do this. Um, the first, like, time she kills somebody she not, yeah. she's just like oh god but it's, it, they want you to feel so much weight to her first kill but what the seventh or eighth top like guy she's just like fucking like shanking him in the neck like nine or ten times and she's just like I think it's her or someone else makes the crack of just like it's almost too easy I'm just like oh, really it's that easy to just kill somebody fuck you game <laughs> <laughs> well it is in a video game I suppose but yeah <laughs> I mean, at least two minutes thirty-six, bro. <laughs> well, I don't. Know. I mean, I've enjoyed what I've played of it so far. This is maybe in half an hour in the game, but any the graphics are just gorgeous. I think. Oh yeah, and I yeah. that will give them the graphics yeah. do absolutely stunning. Yeah, she's definitely come a long way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely something nice to look at. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. But <laughs> the first. Uh, uh, triangular wedge aside, um, it was just really fun, just like I say, just exploring these big open 3D areas. You're kind of like fucking around in a cathedral that's underground, or you've just found like a pyramid or some shit. And oh look, there's like a spider thing now. Sure, why not? I've got Uzis like and tits. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic, man. Yeah. Yeah, Tomb Raider, um, classic. Recently downloaded it on PS Vita. You know, there's no PS One classic. As well, so nice. I bet those games look okay on that screen as well. Yeah, they look quite good. Did did maybe a little bit enhanced, but yeah, yeah, still, still got a certain charm to them. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Brilliant. Lara Croft. Yes. Tits. Okay, moving on. This one needs no introduction. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Yeah. Have you had this one come up before? Um. Vice City has came up because I picked that one myself. San Andreas, has it came up? I don't, you know, I don't think it has. Has it not? See, Vice Surprisingly City was, enough. Yeah, Vice City was a close call for me. Yeah. Um, because, I've got to be honest, I kind of missed three a little bit. Um, oh, we'll um, I didn't really get in until Vice City, but San Andreas was where it just became so polished. And I could literally play that game. Like I had so much time on my hands at the time when that game came out. When that came out, sort of 2005. Um, yeah. I guess I was probably about, um, probably about 18, 19, something like that, and, um, and maybe a bit younger. Uh, and I used to play that game like Second Life. Like literally, <laughs> like I'd wake CJ, I'd wake up in the morning, go get some breakfast, hit the gym, go for a cycle. Go clothes shopping, go roll on some busters. <laughs> yeah. It's such a fun game and you can do so much in it. Like it got to the point where even like I played it through again last year and I was still finding shit that I'd missed. Like billboards, things on the radio, just little jokes and stuff that they make. Yeah. Or you can you can play that, that you can play that hundreds of times and find something new without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um Kind of, you could say it's almost like a like a role playing game, you know, they building up your building up your character's muscles and and like stamina and all that sort of thing. It kind of is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, there's definitely RPG mechanics bolted on, um, which I like. Like I find it quite cool. Um, just like your sex appeal and muscle and yeah. all that crap. <laughs> yeah, the game is absolutely massive. It's, I think there's just basically a Basically, let's just get the most out of this PS2 because this is going to be one of the last big games. Oh yeah, they yeah. squeezed that thing. Yeah, they absolutely think, squeezed it. Yeah, sorry, Karen. I think um, quite often it would kind of freeze on me. Yes. Uh, particularly at the time after PS2 I had it, time was getting on itself, and it's such a big game. It would, it was, it would quite freeze quite often. But yeah, I had that problem a lot. Get, I'd, I'd advise getting the Xbox version if you can find it. I've got the yeah, I downloaded the Xbox version on Xbox Live. That's one of the first games I actually downloaded when I got my Xbox 360. Nice. Yeah. Um, I've now got it on iPad as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, it, it, it's just. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know if we've made some improvements to the, to the engine, but I've, I mean, I've got Vice City as well and Grand Theft Auto 3 on iPad, and it just doesn't seem to be as easy to control as the San Andreas version. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got Vice City on iPad. What is is San Andreas easier to control with the? Yeah, it just it seems it seems to me as if we've made some improvements over uh, the little interface. You know what I'm going to do now, John? Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. But yeah, like I say, I mean, one of the, the, the one of my favourite things about that game is straight off the bat, as soon as you get control of CJ to just kind of run around or whatever, hit the first airport, grab like a little crappy biplane, the first thing you see is like a little Cessna or something, yeah. fly to the third city and just do your fucking damn 
best like crash land outside the Red Dragon Casino and just run in before the police gun you down. And uh, mm. if you've shot a couple of crack dealers along the way, those are worth two grand apiece. So if you uh, if you, right, you, yeah. you kill ten of them, you've got 20 grand to take to the Red Dragon. Save just outside if you can, because the save point is there. Go in and just keep sticking it all on green on the fucking roulette table, the green <laughs> star. And you know what? Eventually it will come in. <laughs> I used to have a similar trick um, it didn't involve having to go over to the Ford Island early. it involved going to the, the kind of bookies shop you know, and put on put on a bet in a horse racing machine oh, the dog track yeah and a, it's dog track of horse races whatever it was and um, you would save your game before you do it and, you'd, and you'd, if you just keep on trying and trying eventually you, you can win big <laughs> you can, if you, and then you, every time you win big you just save it save it again and then just try it again eventually it's a, it could be a bit time consuming but eventually you can just build oh, up so much money doing that oh you can win there I couldn't tell you what any of them are but I know that every time I look at that screen where you have to pick what horse to bet on it makes me laugh out loud oh yeah the names yeah it's the funny names every single time same here I can't remember any of the names but oh, yeah. I can remember Shaven Haven that's about it Shaven <laughs> class <laughs> Yeah. But, but yeah, it's such a good game. The story is like just you, again, it's one of those things you just can't put down. Once you start playing it, you have to keep playing it to the end. It's got some huge like uh, I get well, I say some huge voice actors. I guess it's got some pretty huge voice actors in it. Yeah, I was going to say the voice acting is brilliant in it. See the start they'll get Samuel Jackson in it. Yeah, that guy's in everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but at the time, it was oh yeah, pretty, uh, it was a big uh, pull. I think you've got him. You've got James Woods in there. Chris Penn. Yeah. Who's sadly no longer with us. Yeah, I know. Um, um, you, had, well, you had a few kind of biggies on the... Was, did it not have Axel Rose uh, as a DJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Axel Rose is one of the DJs. Yeah. There's a couple of rappers um, yeah. that do a few of the voices as well. Danny Dyer, is that, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a face uh, Kent, yeah. Kent Paul, isn't it? And uh, yeah. what's nuts out the Happy Mondays is in there as well. Yeah. Uh, Mac yeah. Yeah, it's it's just even to this day it's one of the it's got to be one of the biggest and longest games I've ever played. Oh yes, it's, it's I, I, I mean that's maybe even as big, if not bigger than Grand Theft Auto Five, possibly. Yeah, yeah well it, it yeah. feels that way definitely, and it's just a toy box really. It's just one, especially once you complete the game, it's just one giant toy box to fuck around in, and I've yeah. still never got bored. And it's nearly ten years later. Well, yeah, it's nearly ten years later. Is well, yeah. I think it is ten years. Because uh, I think I think when they brought out San Andreas for the iPad, it was the tenth anniversary. Oh shit! Is it? I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I know for I know for definite that the Grand Theft Auto Three and the Vice City i iPad games are tenth anniversary editions. So I'm not too sure about the San Andreas. Yeah. 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 It's such a good game. If you haven't played it, then it's just one of those like just. Yeah. Just just play it, and if you've got a job, just quit. Yeah. Quit your job, because it's an experience you need to have. But I can understand why people don't like Grand Theft Auto, because it is frustrating as all fuck sometimes. Yeah, it's amazing how they managed to fit all that onto an iPod, um, to be honest. <laughs> well, oh, an yeah. IPad, sorry. yeah, it's such a ginormous game. And those soundtracks are just timeless. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously I don't think they'll get every single song on the iPad version, but I mean, they've still got quite a few. Ooh. Yeah. It's pretty cool. 
Talking about Grand Theft Auto, I'm going to go for a tangent again. <laughs> go on. Because I've been trying to play, use the word trying here, trying to play Grand Theft Auto 5 online. Have you played it? Yeah. And I'm finding it unplayable because it's just full of trolls. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I didn't, I never really wanted to talk about this on a podcast. I'm probably going to get some hate, but it's not my podcast, so it's okay. Sorry, um, you only get with two people listening to it anyway, so it's cool. I, I, got, <laughs> I got suckered right in straight from the web guy. Like, the idea of um, being able to go online and have this big open economy that everyone can kind of go in. You, you do, The way they were selling it to is like you join a gang, you control the way things work in like the town and stuff. It was crazy, like nebulous promises, but it sounded awesome. When we first got in there, it was really fun. Um, buggy as shit. There was all kinds of sign-in problems at first, wasn't there? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. They, they gave you some free shit, some free money or something yeah. for uh, for the trouble, but, um, which didn't really matter because I figured out how to make free money anyway. But um, when we first signed in, like it was fun at first, but it was just very bare bones. It was like this is kind of like an attempt at an RPG. It was very much like when I played, again, I'm probably going to get some hate for this, but when I played The Elder Scrolls Online, Mm -hmm. um, I was like this, I don't, I I just didn't enjoy it. Um, I don't really like MMOs as such anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just not my kind of game. I used to play them a lot back in the day, but I just just can't stomach them anymore. And... uh, it just felt very... It, it was trying to play an MMO, but it was very broken, very bare bones. There wasn't really that much to it. And they're kind of adding things and adding things and adding things. Um, but, you know, I, I initially just... I got very bored of it, found out there was a way to make a ton of money, so I did. Um, made a shit ton of money with like the stupid glitch that a lot of people used to make money selling the cars and that. Bought everything in the game, which was stupid because obviously once you've bought everything, there's, there's kind of just no point anymore. Yeah, um, and again, they've kind of added stuff and added stuff. But then Rockstar started getting all shitty about people stealing from them, like because the whole point of the thing was they promised all this stuff about the heists and everything like that. Yeah. And they kept pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back in favour of getting this actual like live money economy in place, like where you buy in-game money with real money, and they were getting super shitty about people stealing from them, and that's why they froze that whole thing. Yeah. Um, And it was just kind of like, oh my god, like it was the irony of Rockstar getting the hump because people were stealing from them in a game about stealing. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I understand somebody obviously lost a chunk of change because they must have estimated so much of a return that they were going to get with this live money system thing they were going to pull and, you know, pay to win kind of thing that they were going to do. And I don't know, have they still gone ahead with that or has it all fallen through? I don't know. Um, I'm not played enough of it to to know, but um, I started playing it, when I finally got it to work, I played it for a while and everything was good. And then I actually sold my copy of Grand Theft Auto Five because I needed the money, and uh, I read it. Yeah, <laughs> and I thought, well, well, it's still, you know, CX still give you a lot more, fair amount, but I'll sell it. But uh, I recently rebought it back, and that's when I started getting into it again. And so I don't know about this money thing, but I was playing it. But actually, now you mentioned you mentioned earlier, um, you've went and bought everything so there's no point so maybe that's why people are trolling me maybe, maybe people this is just people that are bored of the game and they just want to go and write out somebody else there's a lot of yeah. people that managed to hit that um, 
hit that glitch when it was kind of when it was around and it was really really easy to just make millions and millions of dollars and I was just bored I was fed up with the product that they'd given me and I just I just did it and then I got bored and sold the game anyway the single player was really really good um, yeah it was. I, I enjoyed it um some I like I didn't really like the characters too much. Um, the only one I could even remotely identify with was Franklin, and even then he was kind of just a blank slate character. In comparison to CJ, who by the end of the game, like, I don't think I've ever given a shit more about a group of characters than I have by the end of San Andreas. Yeah. Like, I just didn't really give a fuck about Trevor or the old aging drunk or... Or Franklin, really. I, mean, I can't lie to you. Um, I absolutely love Trevor. Actually, he's one of the best. <laughs> Don't well, get me wrong. He well, had some amazing moments in that game. He's one of the best. I can relate a lot to Trevor because <laughs> I can see myself going off in that kind of... Uh, becoming that kind of character if, if, if things... Could, Certain things didn't work out. <laughs> Honestly, good. I could relate to Trevor. You know what? The whole time I was playing it, I was thinking, I, I, I want to, I, I want to relate to Trevor. Like this is kind of like a side that I wish I really had. Like the way he just really he is just a crazy fucking meth head, and he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He stomps a guy's head to fuck in the first five minutes of seeing the guy. Like his first scene is just like priceless. Actually, uh, that's as much as I love Trevor. Sorry for interrupting. As much as I love Trevor, that's the one black mark against his name because that person that he did that to in the first scene yeah, was, jo- was Johnny from... Exactly! Yeah. I was, was about to say, what the fuck? That was, and I loved Johnny. That's, I, like, I, that's definitely a character I related to in Grand Theft Auto 4. That's like fucking yeah. Mortal Kombat 2, Johnny Kane being killed off in the first 30 seconds. It's like, oh, come yeah. on! I must admit, that was a, for me, that was a, so it's spoilers, uh, to yeah. um, <laughs> but that was a really jaw-dropping moment for me in that game, I just, I could not believe, I was like to my wife, they've called Johnny, they've called Johnny, and she's like, so who, what? who, what are you talking about, <laughs> like, no, I never mind. What are you talking about, you stupid fucking man-child? <laughs> Let me get back to my wife, <laughs> sorry. I had, um, to, I had to double take it, man, because I wasn't really paying attention at first, yeah. I was kind of half watching the cutscene, half kind of yeah. eating a sandwich or something, I was like, was that fucking Johnny? And then they were yeah. all saying, oh, Johnny, 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 and then you yeah. realise that Trevor's just out to fuck up the brothers. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great character, but he has some really fucked up moments in that game. Yeah. To be to be fair, uh, I think at that point, Johnny seemed a bit, bit of a pathetic mess anyway. Yeah, I what, what happened to Johnny? I think he got on the the drugs, because I, I think when that um, Lost and Damned game, he was quite against the, all the kind of drugs, yeah, drugs but, and all, but he seems to have kind of slipped into it. And that's, yeah, he's just got full ball of white on that yeah. shirt. What's it I was talking about? Uh, talking about him as if he's a real person. Yeah, <laughs> his brains are on the bottom of Trevor's shoe. Oh, I know. But yeah, that apart, I absolutely love Trevor. I just love it when you see when you switch between characters and then you, you switch to Trevor and you, <laughs> yeah. you, you wake up Hand over a bridge for a dress on with a beer in his hand. <laughs> My absolute favourite, and I had to look this up online, and people, all these people were saying the same thing like, did I just see this? I switched to Trevor one day, and have you ever seen, heard of the internet meme, Scooter Brother? Yeah. That is in the game. They have put Trevor on a scooter, and he is just riding alongside this dude, shouting obscenities at him. (laughs) It's just kind of automatically locked onto him. Like, you can turn off if you want, but naturally, I followed this guy for, like, three fucking hours, like, just around the freeway, and Trevor (laughs) just keeps honking at him, going, Scooter, brother! (laughs) I want 
follow you to the end of the earth, brother. <laughs> Classic. In a pair of pants, swinging a box of whiskey. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. And I just—it's annoying though sometimes when you switch to Trevor and you and you switch to him halfway. He's halfway through getting chased by police in a freestyle level. Oh fuck! Well, he's just like some woman tied up to a post or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Actually, I don't know how this happened, but I, I made um, a grand grand theft auto five video of Trevor um, getting eaten by a shark, and then. Um, <laughs> Uh, whilst wearing a dress <laughs> and uh, for some reason it's now bear in mind my average viewership on my videos are maybe between 6 and 15 <laughs> you know sometimes some of the Desert Island Games ones maybe got, maybe get, they'll get between 80 and 100 right but uh, this video I made it's got 7,000 views shit yeah it's like why nice <laughs> you know I remember doing the uh, you know where Trevor goes after the uh, the meth house uh, in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. uh, takes out the competition or whatever. Yeah. I remember finishing that mission off, uh, walking away because it just tells you to get away from the farm, and I hadn't saved yet, and I got eaten by a fucking mountain lion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it just left on me. It was like an instant kill. It was so funny, but got yeah. in at the same time. <laughs> That's been taken from um, Red Dead Redemption, that I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that game. That's just one giant bug, but. It's still a fun game. Yes. Anyway, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, that initially started off with. Yeah. Yes, play it. It's got Peter Fonda in it as an, as an old hippie. What more do you want? Oh, yes. Brilliant. Anyway, I might play some that later. Uh, yes. Next game. Um, Let's hit the Red Dragon, John. Before, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We might not go as in-depth to this one, basically due to my lack of knowledge of it, but you, by all means, go and take as much as you like, but it's uh, Zelda Link's Awakening. Yeah, yeah, I won't go, I won't go crazy deep into it, but this is the first, um, this is the first Zelda game I ever played. I think I swapped it uh, for a copy of Metroid 2 with a kid at school, um, and basically, I'd, I'd never played a Zelda game before. And for a Game Boy game, I just thought the the span and kind of breadth and scope of it was so huge. Yeah. Like breadth, uh, the scope of it was so huge. Um, it felt like as stupid as this sounds. And again, like uh, this could be admissible as evidence when they eventually commit me for uh, being insane. But it felt like this was like a, an actual living, breathing world. That when I kind of switched my Game Boy off and went away, like mm. shit still happened in it while I was gone. Like. Uh, when I picked it up, like uh, I kind of just be able to pick up right where I left off, and it's really sad because you kind of it, it like unlike any other Zelda game, bar the shitty CDI one or two that might not be about him and uh, Majora's Mask. This one hasn't got Ganon in it. He's kind of like the canon enemy throughout the entire series. I'm not a Zelda expert, but this game is just basically about you kind of get uh, lost, washed up on this island, much like this one that we're sitting on today, John. Indeed. And, uh, you have to, basically, you're tasked with uh, awakening this thing called the Windfish. Whatever the fuck that is, it's just a giant egg on a mountain, and you've got to find these, uh, I think it's six or eight instruments that will play this song. And uh, it will awaken the windfish and end this dream. And you realise that um, as you're talking to these characters, these kind of like random villagers who, you know, in any other RPG wouldn't really be saying a whole bunch other than just kind of random shit. Just like, all right, I'm off to see my granddaughter. <laughs> uh, 
they actually kind of start to get a little bit philosophical and self-aware on your ass. They're just like, wow, what if this whole thing's a dream? And if it is a dream, like, what happens to me? And am I just the imagination of myself? Like, is, somebody, is this somebody else's imagination? Like, what if this whole thing is the imagination of somebody else's imagination? And it all kind of starts getting a little bit deep and fucked Ooh, up. That's as deep, isn't it? Yeah, that should be blowing my mind, especially as, like, a fucking 10-year-old or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, I'd recommend it. It's a great game. Like, if it, it's one of my favourite portable Zelda's, and just one of my favourite Zelda's in general. Great puzzles, um, great combat, and yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough. Yeah, we've had um, we've had plenty of Zelda choices uh, on the island so far. Mm, has this one come up before? I was just trying to remember. Um, <laughs> no, um, I think the most common one is uh, Link to the Past. Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Link to the Past, but um, Link's Awakening is is my personal favourite. Yeah, that that what you were saying there about um, you know that deep conversation you were having there about um, uh, who's it could be somebody controlling somebody else and all that stuff. Yeah, it's crazy that, philosophical that, shit. That reminds me of that reminds me of a conversation I had in the pub. For another, this is one of the conversations <laughs> I ended up having in the pub. Nice. Like, but one of those deep conversations you have with your mates when you've had about you know eight pints. Yeah, <laughs> it's usually about eleven forty-five. Yeah, just just before you're going for your boss and you get into a really brilliant conversation. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, what if we're not actually here? What if we're actually being controlled by somebody else, like in the Matrix or something? But what if the machine elves that run our reality are just yeah stringing us along? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Shit, deep man. stuff, deep stuff. It's deep stuff, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of any other games that do that, but we're running out of time, so let's let's push on. Yes. Um by the way, and I I don't know why I'm saying this, but just in a off topic thing, I'm actually for the first time we're presenting this show, I'm actually wearing my Desert Island Games T shirt. Oh snap. <laughs> don't know why I said that. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm in this uh, podcast show that's for the ladies. It's for we we should make it a vlog cast. Yeah, vlog so that, casting. So that the ladies can see me in all my glory. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. We're off the tangent again. Uh the last game oh we're on the last game already. Um I'm gonna shorten this to Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim. Uh yeah, Skyrim. Um the first uh it's part of the Elder Scrolls series. The first one that I played personally I think it was Morrowind uh, way back on the Xbox the Xbox original and then uh, Oblivion the one afterwards is actually what made me go out and buy a 360 when I swore that I wasn't going to buy any of the new games consoles much like now um, so I wonder what game it will be this time that makes me fucking go and part with my hard earned cash but um, yeah uh, Skyrim I remember hearing about it shitting my pants about it I Took about two weeks off work, maybe not that much, maybe about a week off work. Pre-ordered it on Steam, got a brand new PC uh, just to play it, future-proof that son of a bitch, like, so I can run it on Ultra or whatever, and uh, pre-ordered it. And I remember waiting for it to come out, and it was, like, literally released on midnight. Like, as soon as it ticks over midnight on this release day, like, 11, 11, 11, I think it was, you can play this game. And I sat there, and I sat there, and I sat there, Oh, and I sat there, and it got to about 3 o'clock in the morning, and it still wasn't... Fun. I must have restarted my computer a ton of times, oh, Steam yes. a ton of times, went on the forums, there's loads of people saying the same thing, just like, let me fucking play! 
eventually yeah. at about half past four, five o'clock in the morning, the fucking thing unlocked, and I was just completely zonked out from eating fucking Cheetos and drinking Dr. Pepper, just waiting for it. Like, but, you're still, you're, but you're still awake? Oh, yeah, I still played it. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Well, you were all fucked, I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. No, um, I've never really done that, like, taking time off work for the release of a game, like, but that that was one of the big ones. I've taken time off work to stay up to watch the wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I remember doing that for school way back, all the time. And there was all... Excuse me. Very, very tired tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like sea breeze. It's... Yeah, it really is. It takes it out of you. I was also off for the release of Grand Theft Auto V. But that was on the that was not due to me taking time off work. That was me being off with a broken arm. Oh shit! Yeah, I was off for three months with that. Fuck! Did you mm. play with your toes? I'm sorry, I didn't drink a water. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I managed to. Um, well, the doctor advised to prop my arm up in pillows anyway, so I managed to prop my left arm up on a big pile of pillows. Okay. And I managed to hold one half of the joypad with that hand and then play it with my good hand so <laughs> yeah it's good exercise for that yeah yeah oh good shit yeah I always obviously make sure the work doesn't find out about that because um, <laughs> they, they'll say if you can manage to play computer games then you can manage to come in and do your work <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no but, well does anyone from work listen to this I hope not <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of guys in my work that know that I do a YouTube channel, but I, I, I mean, I'm pro- probably being paranoid because you know what guys are like, but yeah, I don't like to tell them what it is or where to find it because I've, I fear they might take the piss. There is that whole kind of yeah. thing around. I mean, this could be a podcast by itself, couldn't it, really? There's that kind of whole kind of thing about this. Are you ashamed of your uh, quote-unquote nerdery, I suppose? Yeah, exactly, and... That's why. Um, that's why I've, I've actually the the Facebook page uh, that I've got that that we are friends on. That is not my actual Facebook page, right? If you know what I mean, because I keep I try to keep my my YouTube um, activities separate from from like my working life and all that. Oh yeah, I think it's <coughs> sometimes sometimes it's just. I don't know. It, it, nobody knows who you're working with better than you do, and yeah. you know, some people can be dicks. Yeah, especially seeing as I work for a like a government 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 type place, and um, <laughs> not, not that I'd be doing anything to um, to um, sacrifice um, information or anything like that. But yeah, you're, so you're, this you're, sounds shady, John. Yeah, your best to keep your best to keep it separate, just in case you end up saying something you shouldn't. Like, you're off work with broken arm playing games. <laughs> he works for the government, goddammit! But, um, Chris Ashanked, uh, recently, and James Monkey Spaz both added my real account. Recently, oh. I don't know how they found it, but they... It must have been the ninjas. Yeah, but, um, I accepted them, so that's could slowly but surely my YouTube activities creeping into my, to my real YouTube, uh, Facebook. Mm. Yeah, okay. every time they, just any time they kind of post anything video game related, just like, get that shit off here, you fucking <laughs> dogs. All it takes, all it takes is one comment, uh, 
you know that way you can type in somebody's name on Facebook and it will tag them. Yeah. All it will take is them to tag the wrong John Latimer and that. Could oh be, yeah. Of the secret could be out, couldn't it? This, 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 this yeah. could be it. The cat could be out the back. He's just gonna have to come out and be like, oh god, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Everything you've heard. Well, one of my friends actually knows about it. One of my friends has subscribed to my channel. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's quite supportive of it. Nice. Nice. I remember, um, even more embarrassingly so, probably, I used to do podcasts uh, back in about 2008. Mm -hmm. I had a podcast for uh, Strictly for Japanese Music, John. And I can't tell you how embarrassing that was, buddy. I thought you were going to see Strictly Come Dancing for a minute. (laughs) Strictly Come Dancing podcast, John, that's what it was. No, it was uh, all Japanese music, kind of uh, uh, of metal rock, but then some kind of uh, techno, even some poppy stuff like Anchor and shit like that they have out there. Yeah, I only ran for about five or six episodes, but that was pretty fucking embarrassing, but my buddies were surprisingly supportive of it. They were more just kind of shocked by the fact that I'd managed to put together a podcast. I was like, how the fuck do you go about doing that? Yeah, because actually for years and years I've always always fancied having a podcast, but I never knew how to do it, so... I, um, there was a, there was this chick who had, uh, like a Japanese rock music podcast and I messaged her one day, I was like, how the fuck do you do this? And she sort of told me and I was like, oh, so I totally ripped off her idea. And like, um, because I had an interest in that shit anyway, but then, um, kind of years later, obviously Chris was like, we should try and do something. And I was like, we should do a podcast. Cool. Yeah. I just find it bizarre that I can be downloaded on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, wow. So could we a little while ago. <laughs> well, you still can. Oh, really? Yeah, this, these shows um, automatically go on iTunes. Oh, right. Oh, snap. That's how they get around it. Yeah, maybe it's just my edits that don't go up on iTunes anymore. No, it, this, whenever you and Chris record a show, whenever I record a show, um, within half an hour it'll be up on iTunes. Ah, what, on the Retro On Them Network? Retro On Them Networks. You can find that on the Retro On Them Network. Yes, on iTunes, just search Retro On Them Network or Desert Island Games. That's Retro On Them? I'm not even part of Retro On Them, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) If you can can manage to spell Retro Renaissance, or even say it, you can search for that as well. Yeah, Retro Renaissance. Renaissance. Renaissance! A couple of times I've spoken about that, like via WhatsApp or whatever, Facebook to Chris, I've read to type it in and went, Retro Retro Chris's podcast. <laughs> I don't know how to spell it. Retro rectal examination. Yeah. That is that is pro that is probably what would come up uh, on um, you know when you type in the messages on on your phone. Oh that, yeah. That that'd probably be the suggested phrase. Yeah, that auto correct. Yeah. Hate that stuff. Yeah, it's bullshit. Fucking droids. Yes. Anyway, do you have any more to see on Skyrim? Cause I, um, sure. It's just an absolutely fucking ginormous, ginormous game. It's just, yeah, it's a fantasy sort of setting, but the graphics are super, super gorgeous. Like, loads of atmosphere. Again, it's much like the Fallout thing. I can just spend hours wandering around, stealing shit off of people, and... <laughs> and I've got some kind of weird thief's complex... Um, but yeah, you kind of join guilds and things like that. It's just there's just so much stuff to do, and again, it's kind of buggy, and the combat is a little bit 
broken, maybe. I don't know. I've always kind of got on a right with it, but I can see why people don't. But it's it's a fun game, and it, like I say, it's it's one of those like where there's no real clear path, and I know that puts people off. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's no kind. It's not very linear. You sort of you get sort of kicked out and shoved on your way. They don't even really pat you on the arse. They just say go, and you kind of have to just sort of. If you've played one of the games before, you know exactly what you're doing. Like, if you haven't, it's really fucking daunting. I remember the first time I played Morrowind, it took me months to figure out what the hell I was supposed to be doing, where I was supposed to be going. Um, but those games were a lot more unforgiving. You didn't get a map, you didn't get a marker, you just got a diary. And you had to look at, like, the maps, like a paper map. You had to look at that yourself to yeah. find out where you needed to go. They didn't hold your hand, which, you know, I kind of admire now in retrospect, given that these days, like... Given current uh, game design conventions seem to be that they need to lead you around by the nostril pretty much everywhere. Mm. But um, yeah, Skyrim's a fun game, like um, really easy to get into, and much easier than the other Elder Scrolls games, and I recommend it. I, I might try it, because um, my, my mate used to rave about it all the time, he's big into Skyrim. Mm. Um, I can't remember if he had it. I think he must have had it for PlayStation 3 or something. Okay. Yeah, um, he loved it. He, um, I've never really been in, as you as you know I've never really been into role playing games but um, yeah. he did speak highly of it and yourself speaking speak highly of it as well so maybe if I see it cheap someday I'll pick it up yeah I think the thing I love the most about I'm not really sure how it works on consoles whether they have like the, the workshop uh, thing with it but on the I know with the PC release uh, people make mods and it, it all seems kind of a little bit daunting at first but once you stop flicking through it it's kind of just you just pick and choose the best ones that people have made and some of the mods that people have made um, they're just absolutely incredible like you um, I built my own house in Skyrim <laughs> cool. I built my own three story house like a townhouse I had to go chop the wood myself mine the iron myself and um, kind of just build everything, like, decorate fucking place. It was fun. You get all kinds of graphical mods to make it look a hell of a lot shinier. Um, there's a... One of my favourite mods is... Uh, it's called the Astoria, where you basically get, like, an airship. Yeah. Like a flying airship that's just fully decked out and kitted out with loads of weapons and shit. It's really fun. This sounds like a really involved game. It is. Possibly a perfect choice for an island. Yes. Because it would take up so much of your time anyway, wouldn't it? I've logged about 300-plus hours. Yeah. See, this is this is probably why I, I can't really get into games like this because I don't have time to dedicate to something like that. Oh, I don't now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those days are gone. That was a couple of years back. Back in the day. Yeah. Well, man, that was eight brilliant games you picked. Thank you. Definitely some good choices. And um, I think what we'll do is move on to the book. Yeah, strange one. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's funny enough, it's a book I've got sitting right next to me on my left. I'm looking at it right now uh, to start reading it, and it's Mick Foley's Have a Nice Day. Yeah, that's it. There's a lot I could have picked. Like, um, I mean, I do enjoy reading. I've read a lot of books, and I could have tried to make myself sound really uh, pretentious again, carry that whole theme on and pick something. But uh, <laughs> I thought of the one book that, I must have read more than any other book, and that was only kind of when I was a kid, being obsessed with wrestling, and just the book itself being so easy to read, and so enjoyable to read. Yeah. Um, you can you can breeze through it in a day, like, easily. Um, 
it's basically it's written by Mick Foley. It's not ghost written or anything like that. He wrote yeah. the whole the whole thing himself. Which is a good friend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's basically just his the, the story of his career up to a certain point. I've got like a special edition where there was like a bit of an add on um, at the end where it talks about him like properly retiring um, when he came back as um, like Cactus Jack and for uh, Triple H in uh, Do Hell in a Cell. I think. Uh, oh, that's a bit much. Um, I don't want to say better. Uh, uh, don't tell me. Uh, no way out, maybe. Possibly, yeah. That sounds or right. Maybe backlash. Or was backlash gone by then? Don't know. But um, yeah, but it's a really good book. Um, he basically, he definitely bleeds his heart out in that thing. Talks about. It's a it's a window into into it's a very honest window into wrestling. I mean, when I was um as a kid, it, it used to drive me absolutely insane, and it still does to this day. And I don't even watch wrestling. Okay, is when people would when my dad would come in the room, I'd be a kid, we'd all be watching wrestling, me and my buddies, and he'd come in, and he'd just be shaking his head and laughing, just like it's all fake, it's all fake. And I'm like, look, I was like, look at this. I was like, look at what they're doing. And he was like, it's all fake. So it's all fake. It's just fake. And I was like. Are you stupid? I was like, of course it's fucking fake. I was like, but how can you not respect what these guys are doing? I was like, even as a kid, like I yeah. knew that it was, I knew it was fake. I mean, as a younger kid, I kind of guess I believed it was real. But by the time I got to kind of 11 or 12, I knew it was fake. Yeah. And when you read the book, you really do come to respect the fact that, yeah, as much as this is kind of fake and it's kind of not scripted down to the letter, but there's a lot of little tricks and stuff in the business and a lot yeah. of like little nods and winks that can mean a thousand different things to these wrestlers who've been doing it this long. And as much as, yeah, okay, it's kind of choreographed to a degree, they're still fucking like breaking their bodies apart every single yeah. night. And it's a, like I say, it's a very honest window into like the industry. And at times it's kind of distressing, like seeing just how, I mean, at one point, like, I mean, I think it's changed now, like with the care they give these wrestlers and how much they can work them and stuff. But a lot of the old guys, like they're not with us anymore, just because of how rough it was back then. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it's fake. Of course, it's fake. But I'm sorry. See, when you look at like sort of um, when a big show slaps somebody in the chest, I don't care what anybody says. That is real. That is a proper slap. Yeah. That big giant hand, and that has got to hurt. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a chapter, my favourite chapter in the book, obviously, is where he talks about it. It's one of my absolute favourite matches of all time. It probably is one of everybody's. It's King of the Ring 98, Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in the Cell. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. See, I told, you, I told you about this the other week, John. My wrestling knowledge. It's <laughs> like a ball of hard candy that just won't dissolve away. It's still lodged in there. But yeah, King of the Ring 98... Um, he talks about that uh, that match in his book, and not to spoil it too much, um, but he kind of says like how he was talking with the Undertaker before it, and they'd been kind of back and forth in about stuff that they could do, and he pitched it to him, and all the way up to the night, Undertaker was like, "I'm not doing that. You're crazy. I'm not doing that. That's fucking stupid." Is I'm not doing that, um, and at the last minute, he was like okay, let's do it. And uh, they still didn't quite know really what they were going to do or how they were going to do it. But when uh, uh, Mankind, uh, Mick Foley's character or whatever, first comes out, he says he just, the first instinct he had was, I mean, he had a chair in his hand. He was like, well, I'm going to 
get on top of the cage. So he mm-hmm. threw it up there and made a beeline for the top, and he said he was kind of really struggling to get up there. <laughs> and, uh, the, the part where they're on top, where Taker comes up after him and the cage kind of starts to rip through, mm-hmm. he was like, that part wasn't actually scripted. He was like, we both really shit ourselves there because that could have come quite so wrong so quickly. Yeah. Like, um, He's like, he got me to the edge, and um, he's like, we kind of knew we were going to do the chuck off the top, but the real big one was the choke through the cell that he does on Mankind. And he talks about that in the book, basically, just like how that was easily probably one of the most devastating things that's happened to him in a match, like, um, aside from losing his ear, which you can read about as well. But, like, I read that. Uh, that's that's <laughs> recently read, and I remember actually, I really get a sick what mind but after reading that <laughs> I, I went and looked it up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, you've got to. You can actually yeah. see it fly off. I know. Oh but yeah that, that um choke slam or goozle whatever they call it in, in wrestling, like the actual wrestlers themselves. He said he goozled him through the cell and you can see it in his face when he slams on the ring. The pain is unbearable. You can see he even says like I almost blacked out and you can see it in his eyes like when he hits the ring he does almost black out. And um, I showed that to my dad and like I made him read that part of the book. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, come on. And he was like, for the one time I think I've ever heard him say it, he was like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining GR's voice in my head as well. My God! Brilliant. It is absolutely amazing. I remember watching that as a kid with my friends for the first time and we about lost our shit. We could not we were jumping up and down, like, around the room, but at the same time, just like, is he dead? <laughs> it's, yeah, but there's, yeah. Like, there's so many, every single chapter is just, like, you just can't put it down. Like, I couldn't put it down anyway. Even if you don't like wrestling, I think you could still Absolutely. read that and find it interesting and charming and just fun to read. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got, I've got all three. I think you've done one free. I've got freebies books. I've got that one. I've got the... Um, Mick Foley is good, I think the next one's called. I've got that. Yeah. And then there are one that says uh, the Hardcore Diaries, I think it's called. So Oh uh, yeah. Which actually this is this is a lucky find. Actually um I seen it on um iTunes bookstore and it was like six ninety nine or something. I was like, ah, I'm not paying six ninety for that, but I really want to read it. Mm. And then this as a coincidence I went into Poundland near my bus stop because it was just huh. the time and there it was, the proper hard hard back for a pound. Nice. I was like, no, I can't believe it. I was actually looking at it yesterday, and then I walked in here today and I've seen it. It's just totally, and I've never seen anything like that again appear in Poundland, like a proper big cut-back book. That is a result. Yeah. That is just, I mean, I've read the first couple of chapters of that, and then I realised, I think I'm going to get the other two books first before I read this, because this is the third one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I remember the first kind of chapter already was talking about um, having meetings with Vincent Mann and like, having this idea about uh, the Kiss My Ass Club and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Kiss My Ass Club. Yeah. He says he didn't mind getting himself humiliated for the sake of entertainment. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty open about a lot of the stupid <laughs> shit they used to do to him. Um, especially when he was in WCW, my God. Yeah. I think uh, one of my favourite Mick Foley, or Mankind or whatever the hell the character was at the time. Well, it was probably Cactus Jack, actually. Matches, matches was against uh, Edge. Oh, yeah. Don't know if you've ever seen that one. It was, uh, it was basically, uh, I think, it, it, it might just be Mick Foley uh, as himself, so to speak. Oh, uh, 
Was this a lighter one? Yeah, it was like maybe I think he'd he maybe he'd semi retired and he was just doing it uh, coming back kind of thing. Yeah, you, yeah. Know, you know the way Triple H does now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think Edge was going on about being a has been or the rest of it, and he went, "Oh, I can still take you on," and they had a match. And <laughs> there was, um, there was basically I can't remember if it was if it was just a table ladders and chairs or the, if there was a cage. I think it was table ladders and chairs, but there was fun tacks and then Edge had thrown them onto his, all these fun tacks. Oh. And then. Edge had set the table, one of the tables on fire and shot Mick through the, the flaming table. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. You should look that up on YouTube. Yeah, I'm going to uh, have to. I, yeah. think, it's, I don't know if it's my favourite match, but it definitely sticks with me just because I stayed up. I mean, I was dead at school the next day, but I stayed up and watched Royal Rumble 2000 at Madison Square Garden Yeah. Um, with the street fight between uh, Cactus Jack and Triple H. And to be honest with you, the match isn't even that great, but just... The fact that I kind of stayed up and watched it with my friend, that we were super pumped watching it, just like jumping around, but trying to be quiet as well because it was like Channel Four at like four in the morning or something. I was just going to say, you, you just beat me to it. Do, do you remember when Channel Four had some of this? Yes, I fucking no. do. Yeah. They used to show Heat on a Sunday as well. Yeah, I think it was. If I remember correctly, in Channel Four, um, it was a delayed live coverage as well. It was, yeah. Yeah, it's like maybe half an hour or an hour, or an hour behind. I don't know why. Used to get advert breaks. Oh god. Oh yeah, that was annoying. Oh Jesus. Thank God Sky Sports got it back. <laughs> do they still do that thing now? Like um, I haven't watched like SmackDown on a Saturday or whatever for a while. If it is still SmackDown, but you know when they show somebody getting hit with something. Oh, uh, freezes. But they freeze it. They, they do, still do that. There's basically there's two versions of Raw and SmackDown go. There's a there's a late night draw, which is a live one, obviously. That's at one o'clock. That's uncut. And then they'll show it again at maybe five o'clock in the first afternoon. Oh, and it'll yeah. be all the kind of chair shots will be edited out. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that was a good Royal Rumble. Yeah. I, I, I remember Jeff Hardy doing a swan song off a taxi. Through uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some crazy stuff. Yeah. That was the one, the Kurt Angle not make his debut in that one or something as well. He did, yeah. One of the European, European title or something. Yeah. I think yeah. that uh, was uh, who won the rumble. Was it the Rock? There was a bit of a scandal with him and Big Show, weren't there? Someone's like his feet maybe touched the floor, but he pulled himself back in. Oh yeah, that yeah that's running bills. I, I think was it not? Did it not announce Big Show as the winner or the other way around? And then the next night it was disputed. I think, like that, yeah. I think so. No, I think the Rock was dangling down. Big Show pulled his back, but the Rock was still hanging. But his toes were like touching, deliberately yeah. kind of touching the mat. But as he's pulled himself back up, Big Show's kind of gone to run at him, like to knock him off, and he's quite <coughs> obviously pulled the top rope, and the big fucker's gone over, and he's just, yeah, he's, he's won the Rumble. Man, what a night that was. I was so tired the next day. <laughs> oh, I can still remember it. Yeah, I've done that before. I've actually sat up to 4 o'clock in the morning watching a pay-per-view and going, going to work the next day, like 7 o'clock in the morning, oh. off for work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least I think it is. Yeah. I remember uh, once I had I'd maybe watched the first half hour of I think it was WrestleMania years ago, and then I went, no, I'm in work tomorrow, so I'm going to tape it, and I'm going to come home from work tomorrow and watch it. And sure enough, I was on the train into work, and I heard some fucker talking about it, and I get spoiled. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, oh, I forgot my headphones. I can't even blank them out. I'm like, wow, 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 wow. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, that all gets. Oh, 
Oh, yeah, I would have killed that person. But I couldn't see anything because it's like school kids and I didn't want to look sad. You just yeah, that for you. <laughs> you just turn around. Oh, you little fuckers. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> <Shut> up, old man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Anyway, we better move on to the luxury item before we run out of time. Yeah, yeah, I haven't really got a whole lot to say about the luxury item because it's stupid. Because I can really, really pick one. Yeah, now. We, we touched on this earlier on how are we going to get this on the island in the first place but we'll work it you've you've picked a grand piano yes what's your reasons behind that then um well I do I do play um yes. and when I'm bored it's probably the most productive way to be bored because if I'm sat at one I'll be playing it and usually when I'm playing it um I'm trying to learn video game songs because <laughs> that's all I can think of at the time. So that's how I've actually learned things uh, before, just dicking around on a piano and when I've got nothing better to do but just kind of sit around with a keyboard. I've always wanted a grand piano, I don't know how the fuck I'm supposed to afford one slash fit it in my house. So if I've got a whole desert island to sit on, I'm going to sit on the grand piano. Plus if I get super bored, I'm just going to cast it into the sea and use it as a raft. Good, very creative. Is that a, is, yeah. then is that an escape method? Though? Are you going to have to veto it? No, then? no, because, no, because you, you, you're allowed to use your initiative with things like that. Please don't take my stone yeah. away from me. Yeah. You're not allowed to bring very obvious, like a boat, to escape. Uh, but, yeah. but by all means, use what you've got to, to use your initiative and, and escape. Yeah. I'll take my chances. Yeah. I don't know if a grand piano would float or not or would it, would it sink I to be honest with you that's not something I realistically want to test out but um, <laughs> I mean yeah it's, I guess I could sleep inside it I don't know how comfortable that's going to be <laughs> do you ever see that episode, uh, that episode do you ever see that live performance by Lee Evans when he's playing the piano um, and, it's, and the piano develops a mind of its own oh well it keeps moving away it keeps moving away yeah yeah <laughs> That's classic. Mate, did I not at one point end up falling into the little kind of orchestra bit in the front of the, the front of the crowd? <laughs> oh, this is almost. Oh, man, he's a, he's a fucking super talented guy. Oh, yes. Lee Evans. I actually went to see him live once. In, oh, my God. With the last person that I would ever want to go and see it live with, my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to work for a radio station up here in uh, Glasgow, and we, I used to get free tickets for things. And I got, oh, okay. I got a pair of tickets for Lee Evans at Royal Concert Hall, and for some whatever reason, all my mates were unavailable. <laughs> uh, my wife didn't want to go because she didn't like him. Uh, the, the the random hobos on the street were too yeah. drunk. And my mother-in-law was up because she lives in England. My mother-in-law was up from England, and my wife went. Oh, why don't you take my mum? I was like, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, I can take, I can take your mum, yeah. Yeah, why not? Shit. Oh, God. And then he's, he's, he's quite rude sometimes, Lee Evans, so you're... Yeah, he does use, he sometimes drops the C-bomb. Yeah, so you're sitting next to your brother more and you're trying not to laugh, but you know you find it funny, but you don't like to laugh because she, she thinks you're <laughs> some sort of... It's like vulgar. Oh, yeah, vulgar pervert or something. So, yeah, yeah I, do. I, I love Lee Evans. He makes me absolutely exhausted watching him, though. Oh, that, that he, he must lose some amount of weight um, on that stage. Is the sweat he'll out? Yeah. Jesus. 
Yeah. Just wear, wear fucking tennis gear next time. <laughs> <laughs> lose the suit. It just, it just must literally lose about three stone in sweat every time you play a gig. Oh, maybe, maybe I should start stand-up comedy and lose a bit of weight. Yeah, I don't know. You could be. Be. I remember my my mate had a Lee Evans video, a VHS video, remember him, back in the 90s, and uh, he'd done this performance at the Encore at the end of this um, gig, and it was basically him singing Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Oh, I had that same video, Yeah. It's it's cuts of about three different concerts kind of rolled together, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's kind of what I was hoping he was going to do when I went to see him, but obviously he'd... Just changed his act. Yeah, phased that out of his act. I suppose that's probably a good thing, but I, I kind of want to see it live. Never mind. Yeah, I want to see the fan favourites. So that's pretty cool, though. Would have liked to have gone and seen him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh well. We've got to the end, and it's been a blast. Yeah, we've talked for two hours. Yeah, I bet you didn't think it would go on this one, because you're used to the one-hour specials in your show. Well, I just I, I just ramble so much shit, and I am sorry for waffling at you for two hours. Not at all. This is, this is the ones I enjoy the most, where you can just waffle. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Been, a, it's been a waffle-off. It's been a waffle. I've had, I have had some episodes where, where the conversation is not flowed as well, but, um, yeah. You're, you're almost as good, if not better, a guest than my last guest. What? No. Like Eggsy. Is that who I think it is? <laughs> you, fo- you followed Eggsy, but you done a good job. <laughs> Maybe he was just stoned or something. No, he was he was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, no. See, Eggsy was professional. He was kind of, he almost controlled the pace yeah. of, of the podcast. And it's my, it was my podcast, you know what I mean? <laughs> he, took, like, he took control yeah. of the definitely. Yeah, well, he, did, he took control, definitely. It was yeah. good, you know. Did he, did he get off the island okay? Uh yeah he did yeah okay he didn't get eaten by sharks or anything no his his crew came and saved them so yeah by the way John will be opening up a stand up comedy club on the island uh that's uh, <laughs> John John's comedy clams down by the dark yeah it's a laugh a minute with my sense of humour <laughs> very weak order the veal yeah so two drink minimum and you have to order an appetizer <laughs> I know it's bullshit I know I recommend the tuna. <laughs> Tuna steaks. Yes, a bit fishy, but never mind. Yeah. So, have you got anything to plug? Um, other than the podcast that we lost and didn't record at the weekend, no. Uh, <laughs> Not no. a great deal. Um, my band, I guess. Should I, I, should, I should probably plug. Should I plug that? Oh, do do. Um, uh, I'm sort of in one that I can't. Oh, this is going to sound really stupid, but I, I guess I shouldn't talk about it. But the one I can talk about um, is called The Beautiful Sleazy. We're kind of like a, a psychedelic sort of a 60s tins kind of garage rock, but with a sort of contemporary edge, I suppose. Oh, God, I hate doing this stuff. I really do. Um, the Beautiful Sleazy, just listen to it and make up your own mind. We're trying to find a, trying to find a niche... <laughs> Seems to just mostly be old hippies who saw the doors back in the day, and they like to tell us so after we've we've played. Oh, you remind me of the doors, '76. <laughs> oh, it's fucking brilliant. But we love those people. So, have you, have you got a link in from another on a Facebook page um, or anything like that? You can find us on the Facebooks, on the Twitters, on the YouTubes. We're pretty much everywhere there. On on there, um, we're on Spotify as well. We're on iTunes. We've got uh, two albums out. There's an EP on there as well. Um, Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Do you know what? See if I see if I had realised that you were in a band and all this, I could have I could have asked you. I don't know, you'd have given them to me, but I could have asked you for some clips. We could have played them. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I could have, I could have done that, but I didn't oh, think about. I, I never I think about. I'm so shit at plugging. I wish I had known because we had um, we had Aid, I don't know if you know um, Aidan Watkins. He's one of the Restaurantman guys. Yeah, he's a great musician. Yeah, right? he's uh, he came on a few Desert Island games ago and they uh, gave us four clips. Did 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 you hear them? Uh, I I didn't hear that episode. No. Do you want to hear one? Yeah, do it. I'll play one of uh, this is the one that intrigued me the most. They sent me four songs and they had like um, all right now, Highway to Hell, can't get enough, you know, classic rock songs. And oh, then, nice. And then they had one called Mamma Mia. I was like, that's not the ABBA song. He went, yes, it is. I was like, <laughs> really? Do you hear it? Yeah, do it. <laughs> this is mad. It's 50 seconds, so be with me. <laughs> <laughs> opportunity I wish I had known I could have got some of your stuff on no it's all good oh well never mind never mind hey, usually what happens is um, Steve from Restaurant Lim tells me to plug the the upcoming live stream but he didn't give any details this week so but oh. I think I think it is due to be on this week so anybody listening I think it should be on at usual time of half eight on the Restaurant Lim live uh, YouTube page and I'll probably be on one of the just split into two shows now, so I'm usually on the first one. So yeah. I don't I don't know why I don't know how the split how the split works. No. I don't know I don't know if there's an A team or a B team or not, but um, <laughs> I I like to consider that the first one is a is the um, peak time show and that's what I'm on. <laughs> yeah, we're team alpha. Yes. Okay, any closing thoughts? Um, I just, just how I'm going to get off this friggin' island. I've got Wilson. Um, he's deflated a little, but I think we're going to be okay. You'll find a way. Yeah. Thank you very much for being a fantastic guest. I've really enjoyed having you on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been really, really fun. Two hours. Wonderful. The, the, two, two hours. the two hours have flew in, honestly. Thanks for giving me two hours of your Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> two hours of your bullshit. God damn it. <laughs> Oh. Okay, well, and you can hopefully all going well catch Tom with Chris on the next retro renoise. I can't say a word. Renoise, what's that word? You can catch us on the new yeah. re- retro rectal examination podcast uh, where we discover backdoor gynecology. Uh, yes. <laughs> Sunday night at 9 o'clock, same channel, different people. Yeah. Listen out for that. Same, same assholes. Anyway, we'll, we shall. 
end it with the outro. Bye bye. Wilson. <laughs> Trapped on an island with nothing to do. What games would you take there with you? With no one else around, you could go insane without your desert. I-